and welcome in everybody to the man in the middle podcast we're we're on back-to-back weeks again the boys are back uh there were some question marks about whether we would be on back-to-back weeks again earlier today but the boys all made it um there was some a surprise surprise there were some scheduling mishaps i know the sleeping guy is gonna have something to say but i'm just happy the boys are back so boys uh good to see you guys uh how'd you enjoy the crazy week of sports we had well, I enjoyed it up in paradise and eucalypt. So that's chalk that up as a W for the sleeping guy. And I don't know what you're talking about, Beast. We always had plans to record a podcast today. It just uh, happened to be a constantly changing time due to my travels across the island within my health area, unlike someone else on our podcast. Well, what are you talking about? Yeah, I guess fair enough. But I mean, it's tricky when it's like one brief conversation earlier in the week, like, Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe Friday. Yeah. So then it's vaguely Friday for the rest of the week. And at about two o'clock Pacific time, it's, it's 7 PM. And then we, we lost the beast for approximately two hours. Well, I, everybody was just having a family dinner. I was told I, I 8 PM my time. So I go out to have a nice family dinner. Then I come back. I'm trying not to be on my phone at the table. I come back. I have 17 missed calls. I thought one of you guys (laughs) died. I thought one of you guys were dead. Sleeping guy was trying to get a hold of me in a Snapchat group. Hey. <laughs> you know what? I just chalked that up to I will not be denied. All right. I had to find you and I was going to go try every channel. He was calling Clements. He thought about calling Ethan. We were going to look the forests up in the Cochran phone book. It was all we were... Chris. One thing, though, that I don't think should be left out of this is that. After this was all agreed upon, the beauty man tried to go to the golf course at exactly 5.45 p.m. tonight and went, well, we talked about podcasts at 7.30, so that's 8.30 our time. Like, dude, we've been living on the West Coast for three years. And we're an hour behind. No way hour in shape behind. or form when I said it was 5.15. Mm-hmm. You guys told me 7, which really means 7.30 because neither of you are ever on time. Yeah. And I thought I had an hour 45 easy to get in a grind sesh before two big weekend morning games. But well, so- all, I know, all I know is if... The sleeping guy ever doesn't pick up on my phone. I'm going to call him 18 times, even though he's probably just napping. Like the guy, let's just check the tape here. Okay. It was, yeah, it yeah. was four calls. Uh, no, it four. was, it was 18. I called once as well. It was so at least, five. It was at but least yeah, 12 other missed calls. I think you should be quite concerned. Maybe check your call. 16. Um, all right. Well, let's get to some sports because uh, people are sick of our bickering anyway. Um, but uh, sleeping guy, why don't you get us into our first topic? Because uh, you did the script this week, and I think you guys you should lead us through. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> you should be. And a lot excited. It's my time to shine. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me break it down for you. And the biggest story in sports this week is journalism dead. Because this week on a little watch show on FS1 during a segment. Shannon Sharp called Julio Jones without him knowing that he was on live national network television. And I quote, asked him, are you going to be with the Falcons next year? And he said, nah, I'm out of here. So literally on national television, Shannon Sharp maybe had the most entertaining segment of TV since who shot JR back in, back in the seventies <laughs> in Dallas. I don't know. Cause man, I was so entertained. And then when shots fired, right. It's get Bayless saying he's not going to Cowboys because they don't win anything. 
I think I'm okay with the death of journalism for my pure sports entertainment. So, Beast, I'm going to throw it right back to you and ask you, did you waste the last two years in school because journalism <laughs> is dead? Well, I'm, I'm definitely on the hot seat. Let's just say that because uh, I don't have those. I mean, yeah, the, the way to go about it, the old school way of journalism is dying. You know, like I'm not going to get those guys numbers to call them up on my show. It's it's the former players that have the connections that are getting the inside scoop sometimes, you know, so it's tough for us little guys out here. I obviously got to, I obviously got to get my rep up. Yeah, seriously. Start, start, you got to go to the NFL hall of fame. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I got to, I obviously Cobra's uh, Cobra's uh, touchdown leader. is probably not cutting it out there. Hey, so uh, I you could break news in the RVFL. <laughs> Sick flex. What has it been confirmed that, Julio was not aware that he was on national television because I personally have a hard time believing a former player would yeah. do a player in that fashion. No, it's legitimate. Really? Well, yeah, it's legitimate. But don't you think he would have known like Shannon's calling him? He might be on his show. Like I've heard he just like, he just was doing it just because he wants out of there. And like, that's a good way to get the stir things up and get the people talking. But I don't know. Yeah, I haven't heard anything, to be honest, but that's just my half-baked theory, is that it was kind of a little stage. She was, hey, like, hey, man, I'm going to give you a call on the show. You can let us know what your plans are. Or maybe they talked the night before. I imagine they have some type of relationship, but who else does Julio give that kind of info to? Like, Oh, yeah. Well, Shannon Sharp knew he wanted out of Atlanta, but he did it, he did it for the people and for the ratings. Like, come on. Yeah. Okay, well, the real question here is, where? How much are the Patriots going to have to give up to acquire Julio, Julio Jones? Well, that that's what I was going to ask you, boys. Is uh, is that where you think he's going? Uh, I know the Beauty Man obviously wants it and thinks it. I heard the Titans are another big one. Colin, uh, I, I saw your boy Jalen Ramsey saying he should come to the Rams. I don't know how. I don't know what the fuck the Rams have to give up though. They're like, maybe a first round pick in twenty twenty seven. Does he have a no trade clause? Like, does Julio have some type of ownership over where he goes, or can Atlanta send them anywhere they fucking want? They can send him anywhere. Really? Yeah. Fuck. All heard, right. I heard they don't want to send him in the NFC if they don't have. Yeah. No, you got to go out of conference. But also, there's not many teams who have the cap space that can afford this motherfucker because he's still on a contract, and I doubt that he's going to be wanting to restructure in the last year this big deal that he just signed. Guess who's got a lot of cap space? Now, Look, let's play a game. Here. Hypothetical trades. Close, not nearly enough, or nailed it. My first proposal. A third round pick and Nikhil Harry. No, not enough. Not really? Enough. No, Because not Nikhil's enough. really underproduced? or Nikhil's dog, Nikhil dog water. Hey, He's a bust. Whoa. <laughs> He's a big bust. I feel like the guys had a really tough shake, okay? Because... He came in, got drafted in last pick of the first round, then was hurt, missed the first eight weeks of the season, came back, couldn't get in the lineup until for the next four games, and played like three with Tom. It's not like they had any reps together. And then the year after that, the guy who was quarterback in the team looked like fucking Henry fucking Burris in his prime, skipping out routes to receivers like he was getting paid for it. And Cam Newton was brutal last season. So I feel like there's something there maybe. Now, Tom Brady had eight weeks of practice and went, I'm fucking out of here, okay? So that's all you need to know about Nikhil Harry. Next trade. Obi-Wan Jacoby's the better receiver there anyway. Whoa, yeah, but he's unmovable, man. He's, he's <laughs> Jules in training. Him and Kendrick Borden battling it out for the slot position. All right. 
second round pick and Nikhil Harry. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I think that I think it ends up being a second round pick. Just a second or a second like and a, a second and a fifth. The Falcons want a first, is what I'm hearing, right? But yeah, but I want a million dollars. Okay. And no one's lining up to give me that either. Like Julio, you can't this is this is why I think Julio did this on purpose because he knows the Falcons are just gonna try and ship him to the best offer. But if he comes out and screams at the top of his lungs, I want fucking out of here on national television. Like market value for the guy just dropped through the roof because obviously he wants to go. They're not going to hang on to him if he wants out that bad because he'll just hold out and not play a la Le'Veon Bell. So they got to get something for him. Who's giving him a first round pick at that point? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like maybe the Titans to, I don't know. Pete Carroll just shouted, hold my fucking beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You got no fucking cap space and too many goddamn receivers. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. A guy can dream. Unfortunately, our teams are not in the running. As, as much as Jalen Ramsey's trying to recruit everybody to, to L.A. Uh, See, but with our history of, like, major moves, I feel like we're always in the mix when these types of things happen. That's true. That's true. Well, All right, another small hypothetical. All right. If the Patriots do acquire Julio Jones, yep. yeah. where do you have him ranking in the AFC? I can't accurately judge this. I, I may be slightly too biased. But. They get Julio. They're, behind, they're still behind the, the Chiefs. And I don't know the Bills probably. Whoa, you can see even second in a division. All right, all right. If they get Julio and move Cam Newton to tight end, they go eleven and six with McCorkle. And where does that rank them in the AFC though? Wild card. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I I kind of think like don't get me wrong, Julio's still great, but like. I mean, he's not the Julio of old. I don't think he's always he's always banged up too. Like he's never he's always playing, but he's always playing hurt. So it's like I I don't know. Seems to seems to always have a nagging injury. But I mean, he wasn't able to do much on a Falcons. He wasn't even the best receiver on his Falcons team last year, was he? Yeah, but it's not like the guy's getting single coverage every down either. Yeah. All right, so that's the, almost the biggest factor. Is I just want I would love to have a guy who going to threaten you that much to the point where you can't stack the box because if you can't stack the box against this patriots o-line ground game with cam newton who still wants to put his head down and run over guys night night motherfuckers do you think do you think do you think they ever go to mccorkle but then drink bring cam in for some designed running plays if cam loses the job a hundred percent a hundred percent do you know how unstoppable the Cam Newton quarterback draw is on third and short, fourth and short. Yeah, I know. It's pretty great. It's pretty fucking nasty, man. Like goal line short yardage. We went from bottom of the league to top of the league last year, and it was only because of who was behind center. Mm-hmm. The other thing was we also went from top of the league to bottom of the league in all important passing categories. So <laughs> tough trade-off. Well, that's why you got McCorkle. <laughs> exactly. Too bad you guys are going to be number two in short yardage because the wanna- Jaguars got Tebow. Earliest McCorkle plays would be week five after Cam gets destroyed by Tom in Gillette. Who's going to have more touchdown catches, Tebow or Cam Newton? (laughs) Did you guys guys see Tim Tebow is the highest selling jersey in the NFL right now? Get the fuck out. Yeah. Man, the church, the church always wins. 
It's it's him. what an absolute racket. <laughs> it's him and Fields. They're the, they're they're the highest two right now. Oh, good for Chicago. Did you guys see Brandon Jacobs on fucking Instagram saying, "Ain't no way, Tebow's a better athlete than me. Let me play some defense." <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's the question though: You could move one player in the NFL to another position right now, and they get marginally better. Who do you think it would be? Hmm. Lamar Jackson to running back? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's that's a great one. Um, uh, I don't know. Oh. I'm moving I think in. you could move Aaron Donald to like a tight end or or, or a guard gonna, position. He'd steal them all, motherfucker. I was gonna put him at a running back. I saw. <laughs> I, well, I was about to. I was about to say, could you imagine like? Like Trent Brown is the new refrigerator Perry. Uh, well, I was going to say, like, put him at DT or something. I still think he'd blow people up if motivated in the right situation, a la New England. Yeah, nice. nice. Um, I want to also get a, a counter going on from here, from these last few podcasts until the start of the season. How many times the beauty man is able to get a McCorkle reference into the podcast? Because <laughs> so far he's shooting a hundred percent since the draft. But uh, we'll, we'll I, I was actually making the script today and I was gonna include two updates: the McCorkle update and the Red Sox Jays update. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, let's uh, move on to some NBA, some sports that are actually going on. Uh, sleeping guy. Once again, you wrote the script. Why don't you start us off with your NBA takes? Jesus Christ. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, the playoffs in the NBA are back. And I could not be more entertained, but I could not be more grieved by one man on the Los Angeles Lakers because his favorite teammate has joined the big three in the playoffs. The reps are carrying the Lakers to another series victory, and I could not be more disgusted by what I saw in the last two games. I don't know. Uh, it's great when you have a, a zebra coming off the bench as your sixth man. Um, I don't know. Like, it goes both ways. I don't understand how, how Book was kicked out of the game at the end of that one. Like, it was slightly – a little frustration shown, but was that really that malicious? Like, he was already – he already – that was his sixth foul regardless, right? So he was Well, already, I know, but it, it was flagrant too? Come no, on. no, it shouldn't have been a flagrant. That's – I mean, and then I don't know what Crowder said, but, like, Book got kicked out of a game against the Lakers earlier this season for, like, a sneeze. I'm not sure what the fuck he said. Because I looked like he sneezed, and then he was done. He was he was going to the locker room. His night was over early. So, I don't know. You're the Lakers representative on this podcast. Defend your team right now, because what do you mean defend my team? I don't have to defend my team. They look like they're going back to the ship. No, I mean it looks like well, it looks like they're going anywhere the association wants them to go. Adam Silver's just like oh, LeBron broke COVID protocols. Fuck it. Oh. Well, the Lakers lose game one. All right, Zebras, do your goddamn job. I don't know. We're, the refs weren't that atrocious in game two, were they? I don't remember anything like that. Crazy. Well, not when you're not when you're on the side getting all the goddamn calls, I guess. <laughs> no, I think the big the turning point in that series is Chris Paul getting hurt. Without without him, he doesn't look right, clearly, especially on the offensive end. So without him being being what they need him to be, there's like the Suns, I'm sorry, they don't have a chance. Um, I know, I know. He had to be the point god for the entire series. Like, and- I love campaign pulling up on transition threes last night, trying to keep him in the game, but he's just not the guy. And, and once again, like, again, I kind of 
I wasn't too worried game one because, I mean, LeBron does that all the time. And we saw, especially the last game, like playoff LeBron, is he's back. The regular season doesn't matter. Let's turn it on in the thing. He's smiling when he's backing down Crowder because he knows that guy guy's been talking too much shit and he's going to embarrass him so i know i know and and, Crowder. and i love uh i don't know what crowder said to him but it was not a good decision to do that he's i feel like lebron not so much like kobe and mj i feel like were the two guys you can't trash talk because then they're just gonna fucking lebron i i don't think he like his mind doesn't work like that but still you probably shouldn't be trying to spur him on you know um, well when anytime you go up one once against one of the all-time greats just just yeah. don't poke him you know if he's if he doesn't seem to be fully engaged just fucking leave him alone get a little reverse psychology tell him he's doing a great job and you really like his hair or some <laughs> bullshit like that you know you but like i mean hair. yeah fair enough fair enough you're right like once chris paul went down it you pretty much could have booked the series but i did find it hilarious that cp3 hit the ground with what looked like a tough shoulder injury and everyone was really concerned and talking about him. And LeBron had to one-up him and just be like, hey, guys, you better worry about my shoulder, too. Uh, Chris, this, this, yeah. Chris Paul basically ripped his shoulder off. It was a vicious play. I don't oh know. Oh, my God. He got boxed out by a guy half his size and then fell to the ground and a brawl ensued. I don't, I don't know if LeBron – I don't know how LeBron's carrying on. Also, I was saying this to the sleeping guy. It's great because I'm up to – I'm up 2-1. The Lakers are up 2-1 in the series, and I'm also up 2-1 and in which AD will show up because the first game you guys had the upper hand because playoff AD was non-existent and he was terrible. But the last two games, he's been the best player on the floor, I think. So um, especially last game, like 34 and 11. Yeah, he's looking good. He's definitely winning the battle versus DA in the last two games, but you can't count out the Suns, especially if uh, they can get going at home here. And uh, I did notice that we, uh, when we re-listened to the podcast, that, well, the beauty man made a great point about the new king of the West, Luka Doncic, that he is absolutely stealing this series versus the Clippers and eviscerating playoff. Once again, I didn't show up, P. And my guy, Kawhi Leonard. It's yeah. really it's really not looking great for me. So, beauty man, over to you because you're an oracle. Well, I, I wish I would have fucking gone down and, and put my money where my mouth is. But um, I don't know. I just think... The best of the best have always surprised us. They've always gotten to where they shouldn't be a little early. Like MJ, he showed up against the Celtics. I don't know, it was seven years to his final, but that game against that all-time great Celtics teams back-to-back, everyone was like, whoa, who's this cat? LeBron took a bunch of guys off the fucking street and went to the finals and got demolished by Pop and the Spurs, but he should have never been in that goddamn finals. Well, I'll never forget that that overtime game in Detroit. That was just, that was all-time basketball. And now Luca. I know it's only two games, but the first game you could maybe say he caught the Clippers off guard, but the second game, not a chance. They got a, like a combined 70 points from the two best players, and it still wasn't enough. The guy's out there playing with a bunch of other white dudes who you hardly even know, and his basketball IQ is through the fucking roof at 22. So I, I cannot be more impressed. Beast, I know with your heart you wanted to pick him over the Clippers, yeah. and I feel like we can all agree that this is karma for losing back-to-back games to two of the worst teams in the fucking league. This is what you fucking get, Steve Ballmer, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. This is what you fucking get. No, I, I completely agree. They, The basketball god said, you want to try and dupe us? We're going to dupe you right back. Here's Luke. <laughs> 100%. And now, yeah. I Double mean, dupe. are they dead? 
are they dead? Because like the Lakers, when they lost game one, I remember having this conversation with both of you. I was like, they don't need game two as much because at least they're going home. Whereas like the Clippers needed game two because now these next two games, like the game tonight's in fucking Dallas. The crowd's going to be rocking. I don't know. Like, can, the Clipper, can the Clippers get two in Dallas? Who or, is this series, or is this series dead? All I know is they're going to leave Tyler with Dallas if they lose tonight <laughs> in the next game. Like, that's going to be tough on him, but Mark Cubes will help him out. Yeah. Um, no, I think uh, I think it's just over for them. I'm actually quite surprised. I, w- I would have expected Kawhi and Paul George to at least slow him down, but they've looked brutal. And all of a sudden, Serge Ibaka's out. Now they're less athletic up front. And Porzingis, contributing? Question mark? He looks like he's finally accepting that he's Robin because he sure as hell ain't fucking Batman on this team. And my, I got to put Kawhi on the hot seat because Kawhi, Paul George, these two great defensive basketball players, how about one of you check Luca? okay? How about you expend a little energy on the defensive side of the ball? I know they put Pat Beverly out there, but I swear he's only doing it for his six fouls. I want to see the king, Slayer, self-proclaimed king Slayer, guard the new king of the West. From the little bit I've watched, he's been guarding him a little bit, has he not? But, like, it doesn't really seem to matter. No, I want I no, want some old no, school. No, it doesn't. Did you see that three-point he hit on yeah. one foot? Yeah. I want a freaking three-point floater. Old school, like, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, everyone get the fuck out of the way. This is my guy. Yeah. I mean, you got to stop one dude. The engine of the Dallas Mavericks is – Luka Doncic and they're just kind of letting him stroll his way up half court and beat you with his mind because well, it's not yeah. pure athleticism and I hate I hate their their defensive strategy like they every like every NBA team just seems to switch too easily to me because all Kawhi will start on Luka Luka will come down they'll do that little stupid blur screen with like a big guy and get fucking Zubac on fucking Kawhi or on Luca, and then it's fucking over for the Clippers. Like that's such a. Miss- I know, I know. And I, I don't understand just... why they're switching so easily. That's what I don't get. Well, but... you only fight through screens when it comes playoff time. So their Clippers aren't worried about it right now. I will say this point though, in Kawhi Leonard's defense, the last time he was down 2-0 in a playoff series, he may or may not have won four straight versus the league MVP. So... He went home. He went home to get. Well, well, in your guys's. Um, uh, point of view, point of view, sorry, correct myself. He was playing with a bunch of bums. So he has a much better team this time around. So you'd expect him to come back and win this probably in five games, actually, considering how much better this LA well, team is than this Toronto team. In your guys' opinion. I kind of said to, I was talking to Chris the other day and I kind of said, I don't know if Kawhi is like the LeBron type. Can he take like a dog shit team and carry them? I know, like, is is there any other? Maybe LeBron and KD are like the only two. I don't know. (laughs) No way, KD would join this Clippers team right now. (laughs) Not a chance he could carry them. (laughs) Although, although he he may be capable of it, I will not stand for any take supporting that KD could drag a band of nobodies to the finals until he actually plays with a band of nobodies. (laughs) That's fair. This band of nobodies is Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Serge Ibaka. So yeah. fuck those guys <laughs> on a young team. Honestly, looking back on that Raptors team, I'll give them some credit in that like Kawhi was like their best player, but like they had a solid like Pascal is never going to be the guy on a team. If he's your guy, you're fucking in trouble. As we saw. <laughs> oh yeah, classic <laughs> mix up. Point point proven. Point proven. But he's oh. a de- he's a de- him and Lowry. They're decent like support guys, right? And like hundred percent, so. they're great second and third best guys on a finals team. You had 
the wily veteran Marcus Saul when he could still move a little better than he can now, although he's knocking down some fucking. Well, he's better than Andre Drummond. Like, oh, yeah. so that's that's not good news. <laughs> but like Surge was great for you. Fucking Freddie Van Vliet came to life during that playoff run. And now, I mean, for a stretch in the NBA season, he was a fucking top 15 guard for a second there. You could have made a case for him to get on the all-star team there. So Man, I mean, three he guys, had some role players. Hey, our three guys off the bench in the playoffs were Norm Powell, Fred Van Vliet, Serge Ibaka, and we started Danny Green. Like, we had a championship team, and you guys could suck it. I know it's taken a while for us to get some respect around here, but me, like Rodney Dangerfield, will wait our turn for that championship <laughs> no. to be respected. Bill got bailed out by injuries, but... Yeah, it's, oh still, my it's definitely an asterisk, 100%. But I'm just saying, you, like, gotta, you, you, had, you, you had some players? You had some players? He's got some studs over here, okay? I think this Clippers team that he's on right now is arguably like better. better. There's like better. I like him better. So if Kawhi really is what we were all making him out to be, the fucking Kawhi stakes a few years ago, everyone was calling his number one to get him on his team. Show me something, buddy. Or did he go home and get a little lackadaisical? I thought I thought they were for sure gonna win game two, especially when he had thirty-one in the first half. But then Lucas still they still came through. Um, speaking of the devil, they're about to tip off right now. But let's move quickly. Will any thoughts on Blazers Nuggets? Because uh, no one cares about Grizzlies uh, Jazz. Hey. Oh whoa! I care about both of those. Series. I'm getting real tired of all this disrespect towards Jaw. I'm like. You just you just booked the Warriors through the Grizz last time, put them in the playoffs, and John Moran said, not this fucking time. And then what did they do in game one? They stole it from Utah. So I said it a long time ago, and I took a lot of heat. I may still not be correct, but right about now, it's not looking that bad. I'm jaw over Zion, and I think he deserves a little bit more respect on this podcast. Yeah. Well, no, I... That I, being said... I still like the Nuggets to dominate the Blazers. Yeah. You just you can't hit forty footers for a best of seven series and win. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna slide right in there and also say I like the Grizz to take one at home but lose tragically in six, and I also like the Nuggets in six. And that's those are my opinions on those two series. Nice, nice. I'm with you on the Nuggets in six. No, no, the Blazers are gonna push it to seven and then Dame time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fuck. I, mean, I, I won't. I the won't. tough thing is you don't have Game Seven at home. Yeah, well, I mean, Dame time can happen anywhere. But... Anyways, can we talk about my biggest take of the first round of the NBA playoffs? Yeah. The East is brutally unlikable this year. I don't like anyone. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about process. that because it's offensive. KD's the worst. Giannis, meh. He's Nets, kind of Knicks. Kind of we all know they're not going anywhere. The Knicks, and then no, the, but the Knicks are the most likable, in my opinion, no? Woof. The Knicks are not likable. They're owner, they have the worst owner in sports. Yeah, but they got They're losing to Trey Young. Players. They're not a likable team at all. Well, they're overachievers. That's, yeah, they're they're good underdogs, but they're uh, showing me not. The only team I like in the I agree with the take. Honestly, the East is kind of unlikable, but I love I love the Knicks and the Mech. The Mecca was rocking, boys. The Mecca was rocking. It was. It was, it was. But they've also been deprived of playoff basketball for a long time. Yeah, exactly. So. so that's why it's it's weird for me to be cheering for a Knicks team because they're like this big bad giant. But it's because it's been so long. They got. Uh, it'll probably come down to they got so many Kentucky guys, and I'm I'm biased in that. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, fuck you and guys. Derek the Celtics Rome. are in the East, and they're representing shorthanded. They're, they're such an unlikable team. <laughs> oh, Jason Tatum, man, he's I top like ten him. players in the league. Yeah, you're the top. You have a top ten player in the league, Maka Smart, and some other good players. You guys are the seven seed. Like, what is going on in Boston? Marcus I'm sorry Mark that the very unlikable. 
Sorry that the teams that had to play deep into the bubble last year all were are having a rough time recovering. Okay, except, so it's been difficult. Lakers, we lost our Lakers. second best player. All right, and we're just we're, we're we're going up against a fucking murderer's row against the Brooklyn Nets right now. So it's it's tough. All I know is that I've told you five years ago, you draft Tatum Brown, have Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart. And all these other guys on your team, and I tell you that you didn't even make one NBA Finals, it'd be a disappointment. The Celtics are a disappointment as a franchise. Listen, listen. The Gordon Hayward Kyrie Irving is bad karma for what Danny Ainge did to Isaiah Thomas. And I truly believe that because it is deserved. However, we've come through the darkness. We're getting a little little something, something out of Neesmith and Teague. MVP Pritchard might be better than Kemba at this point. Time Lord will swap. He's fucking. Dikembe Mutombo reincarnated. Okay. He's just blocking guys out the gym if he can stay on the floor. And Jason Tatum is going to be an MVP candidate soon. So, well, uh, the Jalen coming. Yeah. But uh, it's not going to be this season. That's <laughs> yeah, not this year because it might be Lucas here. Holy shit. What a start to the game for this guy. Seriously. Guys. Oh, the Jalen Brown injury. Yeah. They, as soon as that happens, they're done. Like they, Tatum can't carry them to every game no they're punting on the season and yeah. to be honest guys like Jalen Brown was the better of the two of them for the first two and a half months of the season but he was dominant and Jason was struggling with COVID yeah also right. update update for our listeners Lucas hit two threes and the Mavs are up eight nothing to start the game oh you're a little bit ahead of us we haven't oh, even seen this next sorry, three boys, yet. sorry boys well you'll get the right. well, that's okay that's okay nice I can focus on my take here and talk about the east and say is it Milwaukee's year? Because even with DiVincenzo out for the rest of the playoffs now, like, do I like what they're doing? No, I love what they're doing to the Heat. I was all over the Heat to start the playoffs. Giannis, it seems like he's finally found his game, and they got some more shooters around him. So I'm, I'm glad the beauty of man and I were able to put the emotional bubble out of our heads and stick with the Bucks pick because there was a big part of me that wanted to take the Heat because I just I kept remembering back to the bubble and what they did, but. Man, the Bucks. I think Drew Holiday is such an upgrade over Bledsoe. So, like, I think that's a that's a key thing for them. I mean, he's not he's not like a, he's not a world beater, that's for sure. But he's like, I think he's exactly what they needed. And I don't know. Do you think this Bucks this if we get Bucks Nets in the next round, like, what's what's your early early series prediction if we get that? Um, coming off of what was an incredible daytime Sunday matchup between the two teams a la Sands James Harden which was tough Milwaukee really showed me something and I would not be afraid to double down on them I just think that although like outside looking in Brooklyn's obviously going to be dominant there's going to be take the over in every fucking game but who's stopping Giannis Nick Claxton well that's going to be my take is it's just a bad matchup for Brooklyn on both sides of the court so you got Giannis versus Durant going both ways, but then you got maybe one of the best perimeter defenders in Drew Holiday versus James Harden and Kyrie. Middleton ain't no slouch, and you know Coach Bud is going to draw it up. But it's Steve Nash's first playoff series. Yeah, Should, but- dare I say Bucks and seven? Get Buck in here. You know New York doesn't care about the Nets. It'll be a it'll be quite the series for sure. But how much is the NBA? How much is silver? If you guys' conspiracy theories are right. How much is Silver paying the refs to, to get Brooklyn, LA, and Lakers in the final? Because, like... Well, have you seen this first-round series versus the Suns? <laughs> People spare no expense. I told you. I told you. They lost one game. He hit the panic button. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> just, just book, the, book the Lakers in the final. More like, more like, more like LeBron turned on Zero Dark Thirty, and here we go. It's like Chancellor Palpatine in the middle of Star Wars Episode Three. Um, all right, and last thing we have to touch on in the NBA is uh, guys getting fans. Fans are back, but they're also <laughs> back in a bad way because we had two fans banned for life. Uh, this brings me back to I've always believed that that fans. Players should be able to fight fans if they do something stupid like that. And I I think that guy should have that guy who dumped popcorn on the popcorn one. I it's not as bad, but it's bad because he was injured. But like the spitting one, like if you spit on a guy, you should be you should have to fucking fight him in the ring or something like that. Well, I know Ron Artest definitely agrees with you. Um, all I'll say is that like Fans were going to be my Sith of the Week until you completely ruined it and opened this oh. topic up here. That's okay. I'll, um, I'll, I'll make adjustments. It's happened before. Yeah. But we're like, guys, we're just getting allowed back in the building. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Okay? Think it through. I'm all for saying, you fucking suck, buddy. But we can't be spitting on dudes out here, okay? Don't be spitting unless it's into a cup. And if so, don't drink out of that cup or spill it on yourself because you don't just... Just been there, done that. Don't want to be there. Yeah, Spit Guy, you're canceled. Russell Westbrook's got to chill out and just enjoy some popcorn, all right? Like, that could that could have been some real delicious buttery stuff. So, <laughs> once again, big of, too big of a hothead. got to be less serious. He was just doing you a favor, a little post-game yeah. snack. Okay. Is a little it popcorn show, no, I don't know about that. That he was so injured. That's the, that's like, he was injured. And luckily for that fan, that those Russ had about six security guards around him because he wanted to get up there pretty. We might have had another malice in the palace if we uh, if Russ would have been allowed to get up there. Forget about banning the guys for real life. Just give the player their home address, okay? And let's just settle it that way. Just let Russ go to that guy's house and kick the shit out of him and just say, okay, what do you got to say now? Because in my mind, that's fair. Guys, all I all I'm gonna say is you should be paying attention to the TV screen for the <laughs> Okay. We're trying to this record is, a podcast. No, no, it'll be great content for the listeners. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. Oh, yeah, so no, I, <laughs> I love I, it. I also, wow, Dallas is up three rip on the Clippers. Let's they hit the button, boys. Take note. This is when Luca took the league. <laughs> Wait, when are you what is the score in your guys' game right now? It's eleven to two. Okay, okay. Um, it's it's uh, 14 to 2. 14 to Make two. it rain, Luca. Anyways, we'll, we'll stop ruining the game for the listener because you probably haven't watched it before this podcast comes out because <laughs> we've got maybe one of the best producers in the league. So we're going to take you now, though, to the ice sheet, the, oh, the, right. the north, where the beauty man hasn't wa- watched much hockey, but I've been paying very close attention. <laughs> and, well, you can't be the greatest player since Wayne Gretzky if you get swept in the first round of the playoffs. So, <laughs> Connor McDavid, what, you're not even top five in my books right now. I'm sorry. The best players play late into the playoffs, and you can't do it. One playoff series win in six seasons? I'm not impressed. Is it too early to call him a bust? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. Listen, crap. listen. He's fucking – he's Peyton Manning, all right? He's fantastic in the regular season. That's when he's the champion. He's the regular season champ. There's there's no shame in that unless unless you want to win championships and beat Tom Brady. But it's okay to be Peyton Manning, all right? Maybe he's just a tryhard. Because like you've seen in the hockey playoffs how the intensity goes from like 50 to 100. Like maybe he's just the only guy I'll dial up to 100 all season long, puts up big numbers, gets to the playoffs and goes, 
oh, guys, we're all skating hard and skating Good fast take. Now. He's like the Thibodeau Knicks playing playoff games in the regular yeah. season, but then yeah. everybody's playing playoff you games. You can't play playoffs. playoff games in October and November and expect to dominate in, in May, June. You've never even been to June. <laughs> it's it's pretty bad. Like Oilers fans, like the Oilers, like where do you go from here? They just they have two of the best offensive players in the league, and they haven't won. They haven't done shit with them. Like these two guys are leading the league in scoring, and you can't even you can't even beat the Jets. Like the Jets aren't even supposed to be that good. I don't think. I had some. I had multiple insiders message me that the Oilers were going to take the Jets down in this series. <laughs> oh, yeah. One of them even told me that the Jets didn't even want to be there they're planning some post-series vacations so yeah safe to say that um the oil oilers suck and mcdavid's definitely on the yeah. hot my hockey stores have been telling me that basically in the last two playoffs the oilers have lost to the least talented teams in the first round so yeah. as a noted hockey watcher i have to agree i didn't know anybody on the jets i knew almost everyone on the oilers because of twitter and you showed me nothing absolutely nothing yeah, it's uh, there's going to be some interesting conversation. Like McDavid, he claims he wants to come back and do it again, but like there's got to be some part of him that's getting sick of being in Edmonton. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> which which whoa, part? <laughs> yeah, which McDavid's part? McDavid's contracts up? No, 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 no. Like it's not up, but like I'm just saying, like oh. with the new new the new era of professional athletes being able to be like, hey, I want out, like. I don't know. Oh, oh man. I don't know if the player movement's going to come to hockey. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Oh, like, my goodness. Hockey is, like, full of so many guys demanding trades all the time. No. You think so? I think I the think so. last sport that the player movement will really take over will be in hockey. Yeah. yeah. I feel like hockey players I, totally Man, Evander Kane's gotten traded, like, 12 times in, like, 10 years. Okay, like, well, you guys are a master of getting himself traded. Euros are in their own genre. Well, Evander, Evander Kane's, Kane's Canadian. <laughs> yeah. And, and, well, I wasn't just referring to Evander, but I, I realized like, that we're gonna have no. some we're gonna have some issues with some euros. Didn't Panarin force his way out of whatever out of Chicago pretty quickly or Columbus or whatever? <laughs> Boy, do we I got, don't I don't know. You're asking, who, the, also, who the fuck are you asking here, man? We also <laughs> got Don Cherry here. This is some Euros. He's yeah, the Euros. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, let's get back to the ice though. Uh I gotta I gotta say the favorite boys, Tampa Bay Lightning coming for a repeat. I mean, they sandbagged the NHL the whole regular the guy, season. Weren't you the guy on the Panthers? Were well, yeah, not? but now I've been turned. <laughs> yeah. The second the team you think is going to win the Cup loses to a team, you automatically like that team to win the Cup. That's how it works in hockey. Okay? Well, it's always, if you have to go down, you do want to go down to the Cup champs because there's no shame in going down to the champs. However, it was it's obvious that T- Tampa Bay is going to win because Tom moved from Boston to Tampa and so did Titletown. So they got to at least get two. Well, to be no, honest, they, yeah, and, exactly. The now, dynasty in Tampa Bay will last for as long as Tom Brady's career with the Buccaneers does. The the Islanders also did it to my boy Sid the Kid again. Two years in a row, they've fucking done it to the Penguins. Uh, Crosby not looking like quite the Crosby of old. Malkin's getting up there. Did you guys know Malkin is older than Crosby? Yeah, he was drafted a year before him with Ovi. Yeah, I know, and then just didn't come to the league till Crosby got there. Right? Yeah, what's what, um like what's what's kid, with the kid now? What he's 35, 36? Yeah, so I mean, he still he still looks good out there, but it's yeah like, not the same. He's not dominating, right? So how how old's Patrick Marlowe? Oh, he's like 42, 43. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Hockey's I mean, one of those ones. Like, look at Jumbo Joe. He's still he's still kicking it for for the Leafs in the playoffs right now. Like, yeah. you can play a long time, but the skills go. Like, you're just not as fast. You're not. Jumbo as Joe looks like a fucking pylon out there. From, yeah. from everything See, I'm reading on Twitter, especially. It's tough because both those those are some bigger cats, and yeah. I you know you just you can't develop a low post game as you get older. No, well yeah, you can just get bigger and stand in front of the net, Jumbo Joe style. But guys like Crosby, Ovi. Kane, Taze, and McDavid are all in the back nine of their careers now. Like, none of them made it out of the first round of the playoffs. Well, like I said, the Oilers suck and McDavid's overrated. So, uh, anybody got a favorite? So, sleeping guys on the Lightning. I like the Lightning a lot. Uh, I don't, I don't really know who I like anymore. Now that Crosby's out, I'm my my hockey attention's gonna go way down the drain probably. Do you think for journalistic purposes and paychecks you're rooting for the Leafs because the more viewers the, the more dough they bring in? And the Leafs, if the Leafs, I kind of no. Do you know what I'm hoping for? Kind of is the Leafs blowing this three one series? Yeah, I know to the Canadians. How great would that be? How great would that be? It would be pretty. It would. Twitter would and my because I have so many Leafs fans on my Twitter now. It would be an absolute fire fest and it would be great for me on the outside looking in the people would be so devastated i think it's already kind of started happening you know like they they grind it back <laughs> down from 3-1 to tie it up versus the canadian and then they go to overtime and you're like oh man the leafs got to do it this series is over all the demons of the first round are gone and boom the canadians are back in it and Kelly, your Twitter feed sounds like the things of my nightmares. I was it's, telling the sleeping guy earlier that I'm shouting out the IPTV once again because if not for this thing, I wouldn't be able to watch anything but Leafs Canadians coverage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, huge for the Canadians because they're actually going to be the first Canadian sports franchise to have fans back. So they're going to have uh, 2,500 fans back for game six in the best. At the Bell Center? At the Bell Center. Oh, you knew the French were going to be the first yeah, to let so the fans back in. I, I, I and just, I'm Don Cherry of the podcast. Freedom! No. <laughs> but you know what? I love that. That's a fucking strategic move. You fall down early, you go back to your own barn, let the fans back in. Let's go, baby. Wow, this is literally the first time Alberta's wished it's been Quebec since Alberta's inception. Wow, yeah. But hey, boys, we're having full stampede here, apparently. <laughs> so, oh. Hashtag open for summer. <laughs> My favorite tweet was that he just worked his way back from the stampede start date to give a decent timeline. Oh, make it rain! It's like doing it was like him doing a school project in university and be like, all right, guys, due dates here, here, here. But the real date we're worried about July sixth. We got to be open by July sixth. All right, and then uh, last thing we got to get to because I I want to take the beauty man's takes on it. The match. The match. Oh, the match is back. The match is back. And there's been some great memes been tossed around here. Um, am I am I wrong to say that we're so hard on the Phil Tom Brady train against fucking right? Oh, not at all, man. Not at all. Let's fucking go. It's gonna be Bryson, fantastic. Bryson is the worst. Like, can we just all agree he's the worst? <laughs> he's the worst. I will not agree with that take. No. In I'm no, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm here for Bryson. I don't I respect him and his 
because you're anti Brooks, also. That's why I am anti Brooks. So if the Brooks Bryson battle, I'm fucking with DeChambeau yeah, and his funny fucking hats. But his memes are so much worse. So yeah, much. they are. Well, I know, but if you if you were talking memes, we'll talk to the king, which is Tom Brady. All right, because there's no he, way he's making his own memes. I don't believe that's. Him. I don't know. He made three. He even he even memed himself. Like it was a great meme performance by Brady. I honestly got to put Brooks on the hot seat because part of my argument for being a Brooks fan is that number one, he doesn't care. And number two, he shows up in big moments. And it looked like he cared a lot after he lost and he did not show up in the big moments. So <laughs> I, maybe I'm questioning him a little bit. Right that, now. that golf channel clip is so fucking so cool. good. I so good. I watched it so many times. And from what I hear, when Brooks was complaining about missing putts, Bryson whispered, well, maybe you should start it online as you yeah. and then, <laughs> and then that, that's why Bryson like or Brooks lost his train train of thought and said, Jesus fucking Christ, I can't yeah. talk with that guy. It, it's crazy I, that we I'm, just had it's good for golf. It's honestly so good yeah. for golf. Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely here for that. We need a little more animosity in the game of golf. You got just a slight tinge of it back in the, the Tiger Phil heyday, but they never fed into it. That was all media driven. And then we jumped on. This is being generated by Brooks and Bryson. And I fucking love it. Yeah. I got to say the biggest winner of the weekend was probably golf. Cause that's its biggest weekend since Tiger won the masters. Cause you had the oldest major winner in history, lefty fill the thrill. And all we're talking about is Bryson versus. I feel like we took another one of beauty. Yeah. Man. You guys literally stole my Jedi and Sith. Like, well, we, we just brought up the meme Lord Tom Brady. Well, I, it was going to be my I Jedi. I specifically so. said, keep it out of the, well, what? So you, you lost yours. You throw me under the bus too. We kept it out of the hey. PGA championship out of the script so I could go deep diving in my Jedi. Oh, it's a dog eat dog world. But if we're here now, we're here now. And well, why don't we just throw it to break and come back and we'll talk about Jedi and Sith and all that other fun stuff. All right, my Jedi first. All right, well, coming up, we got Jedi and Sith. Of course, we got some betting lessons. I've got a new betting lesson this week, not the oldest <laughs> lesson. Dreams and Nightmares, the Sleeping Guys end of the soccer season awards special ceremony. So the Beast will be doing some production on that. Uh, and Kellen's Big J Journal and Question of the Week. But first, we've got Gary Player to talk about the PJ Championship with us. Hello there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Man in the Middle podcast, where I have replaced the Beast as your favorite host. So anyways, we're going to get the Jedi and Sith and we're just kind of foobar a little bit. Beauty Man, over to you for your continuation of your Jedi of the Week. Well, back to our PGA Championship talk. And my obvious Jedi, the ultimate Jedi of the Week, is the oldest major championship winner of all time in Phil Mickelson, who not only won against all the young cats, but he won on the longest course ever competed on in a major championship okay that's fucking absurd he had absolutely the guy who's known for hitting crazy sporadic drives wins the major in a pga on a long event at 50 where it's either fairway or you're fucked all right and somehow he managed to scramble it around proving that short game wins all on sunday man the first six seven holes of that that thing was just two shot swing two shot swing two shot swing it's fucking electric and Phil Mickelson, I feel like he's underappreciated because when you win 44 PGA Tour events, but you grow through the era against a guy who wins 15 majors and 82 PGA Tour events, you're just second fiddle. All right. There's just there's no way around it. But you're a Pantheon all time great golfer. 
He's not only the oldest major winner, he's also the last amateur to ever win a professional event on the PGA Tour. 91-2021. The guys won a PGA Tour event in four different fucking decades. Props to you, Phil. I was fucking fantastic to watch. Top three all-time most popular golfer now, Phil Mickelson, question mark? Hmm. That's, that's tough. I think you got to look at that by eras because, like, Arnie had an army back in the day. Well, that's what I mean. Like, is it him, Arnie, and Tiger, and Jack's four? Probably. Probably because the beginning part of Jack's career, he was actually – he was he was the Patriots in the second dynasty. No one was, no one was there for it because they all wanted their boy, Arnie, to win, but he couldn't yeah, get yeah. it done in the final rounds. Arnie was more like no. yeah Arnie Arnie was Phil they're they're very close comparable they're always going for it they're never really thinking strategy they're always thinking oh I got this shit you know like Phil Mickelson was about to win three consecutive majors all he had to do was make a bogey on 18 and he doubled and fucking blew it so in the U.S. Open and Wingfoot back in the day so very a la Honor Palmer who once blew an eight-stroke lead in the final round of the U.S. Open to lose so Jack Coming on as the early guy into Arnie's barn was there was there was definitely some detractors for him. So I don't disagree with that one, sleeping guy. All right. Beast, your Jedi? My Jedi is a female and it's Olivia Rodrigo. Because let me tell you guys, if you guys haven't heard her new album, she's the new, she's the Gen Z Taylor Swift, and she her stuff is fantastic. Um, you gotta listen to it. It's it's top-notch stuff. I don't care what age genre you are or who, or if you're in a healthy relationship or a bad relationship, it'll get you in your feels. Uh, Gen Z is all about it, but it's not just for them. It's for everybody. So Olivia Rodrigo, former Disney star, you got to get on it because there are some bangers on it. Let me tell you. So if you, if you haven't listened to it, you got to get on it. What, uh, how did you hear about this chick? <laughs> oh, she's all over TikTok. It's a it's a huge TikTok. They see that's that's why I don't know yeah. anything about yeah. it. So you got it. Her album is called Sour, and there's not one song where I'm like, this isn't catchy. So get get it on it, everybody. I'm uh, scared. Sleeping guy, give us your Jedi. My Jedi of the week, ladies and gentlemen, narcissism. <laughs> because every once in a while, you need a little narcissism to be a champion. So this week. In Italy, Inter Milan were crowned Serie A champions for the first time in 11 years. And who did Antonio Conte, their manager, dedicate the trophy to? Himself. And as I quote, I really had to get everything out of myself. I dedicate the Serie A title to me. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, is narcissism at its best, but also elite mentality. Now, (laughs) to my Sith of the week, and it comes from getting back on the road out in the summer, doing some driving. What has returned? Slow drivers when we approach passing lanes. If you can only do 80 when we're going one way back and forth, fine. You got to do 80 in the right lane during a passing lane. That's not licensed to speed up to 120 and piss me the F off. I know how to play by the rules. I've got supreme, supreme motor vehicle skills and great hand-eye coordination ain't no way i'm missing something come around the corner you on the other hand you struggle get the fuck out my way and slow down that pass lane so i can pass all 20 of you who make my drive an extra hour longer you both i can thoroughly appreciate how you drive once every six months 
but the legendary Smith Road Rage lives on within you. Yeah, it does. I let it flow through me today. Yes. I let it flow through me. Yeah. Yeah. If, if one thing Liam's dad has passed on to him, it's the Smith Road Rage. <laughs> I'll never forget. This is the first time I've driven in almost a year. Get out of the fucking basket. Like, <laughs> the rules of the road have not changed, okay? They have not changed in my time off. And that's honestly one of the reasons why I kind of hung up the old uh, the old steering wheel because I was getting too pissed off at everyone else. I'm supreme out there, and they're brutal. The pressure's rising too much. Well, man, these BC drivers. Though. Oh, my goodness. No one's ever been in a hurry, and no one's ever been late because 4.30 is like, eh, 4.40. <laughs> Island time, baby. Island time, baby. All right. Uh my Sith of the week is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, because, <laughs> the Pirates. Uh, because also, I before I get to why they're my Sith of the week, I was thinking about this today. In the major four sports in North America, so baseball, hockey, basketball, football, I can probably say the Pittsburgh Pirates are the team I've least watched the least amount of games of. Oh wow, the Pirates! Eh? I, I don't know. I don't know, like it. I don't know who else. It would be someone in baseball, probably, because, like, at least hockey, I've watched a lot of flames. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Base, you know, the first team that showed up on my radar is the Cincinnati Reds. So that means a Pirates Red series. I don't think I've ever seen a pitch in one of those. Yeah, exactly. It would be one of those. It would be an NL not great team. NL Central. The yeah. NL Central. <laughs> yeah. So I placed but, a fair amount of wagers on the Pirates earlier this season. So. <laughs> Welcome, <to> Pirates. <laughs> I went, I, my it was thought, what it was. All right. The Pirates thought in my head was the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like, yeah, I don't like, know a minute of Blue Jacket hockey. The only player that I know ever played for them was Bobrovsky. And Rick Nash. I know Rick Nash. Oh, yeah, Rick Nash. But, yeah. anyways, I don't know. What a waste of a career in Nashville. <laughs> Sorry, Columbus. I tried to know. Hey, here's your Ryler Rocket Richard in the first overall pick, Rick Nash. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw the play yesterday, but Javi Baez is two outs. Javi Baez hit a hit a, a like a ground rounder to the shortstop. The shortstop threw a little bit off of first, so the the first baseman had to step off. But remember, two outs, so all he has to do is touch the fucking first bag. But because he came off, he decided to run to try and tag Javi Baez. So being the veteran he was he started running back to home and while he was doing that the guy from third came stole home then when the guy the first baseman threw it through to home to try and get him out they lost the ball then javi Baez ended up all the way at second <laughs> and, and there was two outs and the pittsburgh pirates are just an embarrassment of a franchise like if you're letting that happen i That's like cool. i don't know much about baseball but it was if you haven't seen it you need to go watch it right now pause the podcast go watch it because it is one of the wildest baseball plays i've ever seen and it's just so everybody was saying this is this sums up the pirates as a franchise they haven't been good since bonds left <laughs> uh, to be honest i didn't even know bonds played for the pirates i only you didn't know bonds played for the pirates i only know him as a giant what about roberto clemente yeah i know uh yeah, I if you had to ask me a bunch of pirates to name pirates players, I don't think I could name one. Honestly. All right, what about the most one of the most famous Canadian baseball players that pay, played for the Pirates? <laughs> Joey Votto, Jason Bay, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Jason Bay. Right, I do remember him playing that for there, but mm, zero recollection. <laughs> Anyways, that's more pirates talk than anyone's ever seen pirates baseball games. Beauty man, your sixth of the week. All right, 
I can, un I can understand and appreciate that within the pandemic, we've all had the reach for new activities within our life and take up new hobbies. You know, there's only so many things you can do. It, the pandemic has been great for the golf industry. Clubs, courses alike, they've had to cut down their intervals. You can only get so many people on the golf course at once. And somehow their sales are skyrocketing. You got new members, waiting lists at every club on the island. I'm sure it's the exact same in Alberta. But one thing you guys have to understand is that if you're just beginning the game of golf, you got, you got three objectives out there, okay? It's to not hold anybody up, to not hold anybody up, and to have a good time, all right? So two out of those three should be pretty fucking easy. But bad golfers are driving me fucking insane. How many times do I got to watch somebody take 20 goddamn practice swings to hit six feet in front of them? I'm not ashamed to say that I joined up as a single the other day, you know, early afternoon meetings ended early. We snuck out for nine. I probably should have gone to the practice screen because it would have been more productive. We played three holes in about an hour and 10 minutes. It was slow as fucking balls out there. And I shit you not, this very nice elderly-ish lady took a 17 on a par three. I shook everyone's hand. I said, it was nice meeting you all. I'm the getting the fuck out of here. And I was not... I, it was probably a little rude. I drove back past 20 groups on my way back to the clubhouse and went back to the putting green where we can finally get some productivity done. But bad golfers, three things, two of them are the same. Don't hold anybody up. Don't hold anybody up and have a good time. This lady was in your group? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She took a 17? First round ever golfing. Um, <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. The sleeping guy has some tips for the new golfer. Number one, <laughs> if it's when... Within four feet, that's a gimme. Number, <laughs> number two, no one's ever hated anyone for playing what's called ready golf. Number three, you got to be a good time. No one likes losers who also suck at golf, sulk it on the course. And four, drink some seltzers. Okay, you, you, you got, got it. it. There's my four tips for enjoying a golf round as a new golfer. You just you got twenty-five know, golf balls. You got to know when it's time to pick up, and mm -hmm. if you've missed a couple shots. There's no shame in just dropping a ball on the green and playing some putt putt. And and also you gotta give yourself props out there when the sleeping guy hits a hundred yard worm burner. He you gotta go. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> yeah, and is. hey, hey, you gotta use your fifteenth club, your foot wedge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, sleeping guy, uh, is it dreams and nightmares time? Dreams and nightmares, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for the beautiful introduction to my co-host, the Beast. We have. My 2020-2021 football awards, a.k.a. the soccer awards. So first and foremost, this one goes out to you, the listener, the obvious future star that you should get early on so that your friends admire you for your soccer knowledge, a.k.a. the Mbappe Award. That goes to Erling Haaland. Next, the actual real young player of the award. That goes to Lataro Martinez. Next, the heartbreak of the year, Villarreal 11. Manchester United 10 in penalties, and that's all we'll be talking about about that on the podcast today. No, no, no. I feel like you gotta give us your De Gea. Nice, nice penalty, man. No, that was he absolutely fluffed <laughs> his lines and he broke my heart. The game of the season, Bayern Munich 2, PSG 3. The hipster soccer player choice of the year, Jack Grealish, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to see some cool highlights, I would watch him on YouTube. The record-breaking performance in a season for breaking Gerd Muller's 40-year-old Bundesliga scoring record, the aptly named 
Robert Lewandowski, and finally, the award we've all been waiting for. The quote of the year, and we have some nominees. So our first nominee, Roy Keane on Tottenham being top of the league table in November. It's always great to be top of the league at that time, isn't it? The most vital part of the season. Tottenham would finish eighth in the Premier League. Next, Burnley manager on whether he would grab a pint with opposition coach Pep Guardiola two days after the pubs opened for lockdown. I'd go for a pint with anyone, honestly. At the minute, I'd go for a pint with anyone at anywhere. Great manager, would support him. Next, a serial winner of this award, Jose Mourinho on playing Arsenal. Haven't seen them play this year. I only look up at the table, not down. And finally, the winner of quote of the season, Ralph Hasenhutl, after he lost 9-0 to Manchester United. He was asked how he felt, and his response was, superb. How the fuck do you think it feels? <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, has been the 2021 Football Awards. His name is Haas, his name is Hasenhutl? Yeah, it's, it's Ralph Hasenhutl. Oh, Ralph Hasenhutl. Okay, now give us your prediction for tomorrow's Champions League final. Well... I actually think it's going to be quite a tight game. Uh, these, te- these two teams have played two times in the last two months. And shockingly, Chelsea has had the upper hand both times, once in the FA Cup semifinals due to a Hakim Ziyech 66-minute goal. And then a couple of weeks later in the league, Chelsea beat Man City 2-1 with a second-half comeback. So, ladies and gentlemen, my prediction – just because it's so hard to beat a team three times in a row. I like Manchester City, and I like them to actually win by more than two goals. I think it's going to be a bit more of a bloat. They've got the best team. They're completely healthy, and they haven't really played their strongest starting 11 for a meaningful match since the Champions League semifinals. Well, Chelsea's had to battle to the end of a long Premier League season to get Champions League qualification. So I like Manchester City, and I like them by a lot. All right. You heard it from our soccer expert. Um, okay. All right. Give us your guys' betting lessons from this past week. Now we can talk about the big match. So I will go first with my betting lesson of the week. And ladies and gentlemen, there are two things that I love in sports. Number one, watching my favorite teams. And number two, gambling on sports. And only one thing in the world combines both of those two things. Gambling on your favorite team. Not only win, but to win an elusive trophy at the end of a long season. So what did I do? I put a cool couple of units on Manchester United and the over. And guess what? The game won one after normal time into extra time. The sleeping guys team, questionably not using any of its subs for the first 100 minutes of the game. Bad management? I don't know. Probably. Number two, we're out without our best defender. Should we maybe switch up the defenders who looked pretty clueless out there of their position? I don't know. Either way, we decided not to do any of that. And what did we do? We blew the over bet because it went to penalty kicks. And it came down to goalie versus goalie. A scene only seen in FIFA when the Beast and the Sleeping Guy have had many memorable battles. And so... Villarreal's goalkeeper comes up and takes a very coolly taken, well-struck penalty to give me hope in my attendee. And he walked up and he looked so nervous. More nervous than the sleeping guy at his first junior high dance when he had to ask a girl to hit the slow song with him. And guess what happened? Just like the sleeping guy first gassing that girl, 
De Gea struck it and pure absolute rejection. So not only cook all of my bets, uh, but put me into a deep sleep. So ladies and gentlemen, what is the betting lesson of this week? You got to get back on the horse, baby. We're betting city and we're betting them on Saturday. Let's go. Oh my goodness. Same lesson every week. But never, I never let it die. Never let it die. <laughs> you got to right, get well, back on the horse. My betting lesson this week is that cash outs are for sissies. All right. Now I'm happy to announce that this did not happen to me and I won't name names, but a good golfing buddy of mine, Brad, really fucked up on this one. So he somehow, some way had the gall to put $100 on Phil Mickelson to win the PGA championship at 300 to one odds. Not a bad payoff. After an early birdie on Friday morning, my good friend Brad took a $1,200 cash out option, his, took his money and ran thinking that there was no way, no how old lefty in this wind, these conditions on this course at that length could hang on. He felt more and more confident as the week went on. I texted him Sunday morning. I was like, dude, are you okay? He's like, oh yeah, he has no chance against Brooks Kepka because Brooks is a great closer. <laughs> Except he he's not. No, he's not. He's really not anymore. And at least not in recent form. So this week's betting lesson is you just get, sometimes you got to risk it for the biscuit. Don't take the cash out, ladies and gentlemen. Which is funny because it goes against your number one rule. Of always sell out. Yeah, always sell out. <laughs> but it's the exception that proves the rule. Yeah, it's true. That's, uh, man, that's, oh, that's got to be tough. So how much money did he lose out on? Well, um, only like $28,000. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> how is he doing? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Is he down bad? He's down pretty bad. He also he also had a lot of money invested in crypto, um, and that's not that that's taken a tough turn in recent yeah, form as well. All so right. Brad's down bad. Prayers up for prayers up for him. But uh, <laughs> to, to make it to make it worse, I took him for 120 bucks on Wednesday. <laughs> so just hey, in the wound, baby. Bad things coming threes for Brad. <laughs> yeah. Just want to ask you guys though. You guys win 29k on Lefty. How much of that are you letting ride? <laughs> on your next bet i'm letting the cool half of it go taking 14 you're not, you are not putting 14 grand hey you gotta get back on the horse <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's not no that's only when you lose when you win we don't have a rule for that yet when you win you put half right back down that's that's no. hey, that's my real betting lesson of the week if if any of us ever wins a bet more than 10 grand we have to agree right now that we're taking we're taking boys out for a night to party at yeah. least party all right what's the number one rule party party <laughs> party <laughs> all right what's the big, big j, j question of the week uh my big j question of the week is i want to know because we've talked about a few of these past few days or like in this podcast i want to know what you guys think is the most pressure situation in sports so like of, of all the sports and what one is scaring you the most that you don't want like it doesn't have to be you don't you're not putting yourself in there like skill wise like obviously obviously a penalty shot would scare us all more than like a, a bat a free throw right now because we none of us play hockey but what do you guys think is the most pressure filled situation in sports is it a free throw to win the game? Is it like a 10 footer to, to save a playoff or, or win the masters? You know, 
Is it a penalty shot sleeping guy in soccer? All right. Well, I was going to say like penalty. Sh- I was going to be saying game on the line, penalty kick in the World Cup final was going to be my number one. Yeah. But I have to say. Well, that's a very unique scenario. That's a very unique scenario. But here's an even more unique scenario that I think is even more pressure packed. Mm-hmm. Second baseman, when your pitcher has a no hitter coming at you and it's bottom nine, two outs, and the grounder starts rolling towards you, and you got to grab it and you got to throw it. I would <laughs> fucking shit my pants. That I is feel so like, scary. See, no, but what, what you have to your benefit in that moment is that it's all going to happen so fast. You just got to hope and rely on all those years of training to just take over. Because if you can get in your kitchen in the like four seconds that that play or less than probably like two seconds that that all happens, then you're probably a mental midget and you got some other problems that you have to deal with. Yeah. I think if I were to find a unique situation, it would be blowing a lead at the masters and having a par putt to force a playoff on 18 where you just, you really don't want it. Allah, ever you guys ever seen what Vandeville did to blow oh, yeah. the open when he took a triple, but then he sunk a clutch four footer to only to make the playoff and eventually losing it. Like that's a tough situation, but you got to be pretty nervous over that that putt. Yeah. When it comes down to it, I think free throws free throws to tie a finals game. Yeah, probably yeah. definitely up there. Yeah, it'd be t- that would that, I think that would be up there. The I only think- thing that puts it over the top for me is golf is individual so you lose you blame yourself and that's it but you miss free throws like george fucking hill did and in a game one against the warriors all those years ago but they jr smith should have had it yeah well fucking hit your goddamn free throw we don't have to talk about jr smith blowing the play what about kickers? Any love to the kickers? Uh, they're mental midgets as is you're just hoping for the best in those situations i feel like the kickers is like especially tough because you don't really contribute to any other part of the game. So like, there's so much pressure on you to just do your one. That is very true. What about the holder and the long snap situation? <laughs> all right. Like that's pretty pressure, pressure packed. There, yeah, I think that's a team I'll, effort. Honestly, if I was the fucking holder and we were, we had a 40 yard to win the Super Bowl, I'd be fucking let my hands be shut. That makes me question though. Like why the pull punter, a Tony like, Romo? Like why is the puncher the holder? Like I want my guy with the best hands back. Wow. Like, I'm to want Jerry Rice holding in big moments. No, because do you know what you want Jerry Rice focusing on at practice? How he's going to beat the number one corner, not how he's going to pin for this slap who might kick four times a game. So you just, the specialists are a different breed. They're like goalies, you know? They just kind of hang out on their own, do their own thing, and hopefully when their number's called, they don't absolutely blow it. Yeah, that's true. Kel, I was trying to think of one great guy who showed nerves of steel when facing a spot kick. And you know what, you know what game I thought of? Ronaldo? Yeah, Re- Real Madrid three, Juventus three, and that absolute bullshit penalty call, like the 90 plus five, and then Buffon took the red card, and it took him like 10 minutes for him to hit the penalty, and he just put it right down Main Street for the win. Uh, I got a shout out. I'm surprised, Beauty Man, I'm surprised this didn't get in your Jedi of the Week, but... Uh, Vinatieri? Vinatieri, yeah. Yeah, well, I was just going to bring him up and say that the Beauty Man's big J question of the week is Vinatieri a Hall of Famer. I was going to ask if he's a cult or a patriot. Well, I think I say I think yes and a patriot. Yeah. I, I'm going to say no. And not then, a Hall of Famer. What the fuck? There's kickers in the Hall of Fame, right? Isn't more? More. Yeah, but there's a kicker one MVP who's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But Vinatieri has the most game-winning kicks of all time. 
He also had the greatest kick of all time. He also played a hundred seasons. Like <laughs> that's 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 better for his case. We talked about this the other day. You can't discredit a guy for play having longevity. Like Philip Rivers, Hall of Famer, but in my opinion. For like those last like three seasons. How many guys eight, can play quarterback in the NFL for one season, two seasons, three seasons, seventeen seasons? Hall of Famer. Vinny Testaverde Vinatieri, played years. Vinatieri's playing my whole the entire time <laughs> I've been watching football. Vinatieri's been kicking field goals. All right. It's sad that it's coming to an end right about now. <laughs> it was an absolute shank show last year. Yeah, so it's time to hang him up. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't hang him up. The game retired him. He got, clear four, here. Let's be clear out who retired him. He got four Super Bowls. I didn't even know that either. Yeah, he got one with Peyton Manning, the traitor. Yeah, back in 2008. And then he kicked for another 100 years. They also paid years. him like $7.5 million a year. So I wasn't that mad at Bill because he replaced him with Goskowski and Goskowski immediately kicked the Chargers to their death. How about Vinatieri lasted longer than NFL with Goskowski? That's just another example of why Bill Belichick's not a great general manager. Man, the last couple, <laughs> the last couple of years, I was clamoring to bring Vinatieri back and get rid of Goskowski. So yeah, I definitely think he's all a famer, but I'm fucking biased. I think Matthew Slater is too, but we don't have to have start that conversation right now. We already had that one. The Beauty Man's put. Did Deion we already Branch have that one? Yeah, we already did have that one. Dion's not a Hall of Fame, Patriot Hall of Fame. We had the Matthew Slater one. Wow. So we don't need to revisit. Maybe it wasn't on the pod, but I know you asked me about it. What I about see- Ninkovich? <laughs> Not a Hall of Famer, but Matthew Slater's fucking Hall of Famer. Sleeping guy, the most versatile defensive. What player. about Edelman? Okay, Edelman. <laughs> Edelman, I is well, a playoff Hall of Famer. I just, I, I, I do think that he is. But even if he's not, I'll be fine with it because you can. He's still. You're not gonna relive some of the greatest moments in NFL history without saying his name. And in my mind, that's about the same. What about Eli Manning? Not a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. Oh God! And Here's the thing. The no, beauty man's no. gonna put me in Hall of Famer. No, I'm not, times. and I'm strict with my Hall of Famers. But I'm, I'm also not gonna downplay the guy just because he had a 500 record. He also played on a shit team. Okay. The only thing is Peyton Manning. I would say his overall work, not where like Stafford and Rivers are gonna be, but his last name will get him. All right. Interesting. All right. All right. Well, that's you also get a lot of credit for being the best ever twice. <laughs> and also very ugly. <laughs> that too. Hey, they just got some big foreheads, all right, guys? Happens. All right. Who's going to be the best out of all of them? Arch? I'm uh, My money's on Arch. Yeah, I guy, like the unknown. Sleeping guy loves Arch, but that's uh, why don't you throw us to our last break? Yeah, coming up, we've got some big game picks for everyone to enjoy on this big sports weekend. And we're joined by Arch Manning to make a pick. <laughs> Your boy. Hello there. And we're back on the Man in the Middle podcast. And as always, we've got a big weekend of sports coming up. And we'll give you some picks. But of course, none of them will be in hockey. So uh, <laughs> to get us started, here is the sleeping guy. I love that you haven't been introduced to the segments all night. And I give it to you once. And you go, welcome back to the middle. I mean, man in the middle podcast. I'm rusty. Just, I'm rusty. I've taken a podcast off. It's like, yeah, well, maybe you got demoted. Uh, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, going back to the match I've been talking about all podcasts. You're going to want to sprinkle each and every single one of these lines to make a little bit of amount of money. So you're going to look at Manchester City to win by exactly three goals plus 1,100 quarter unit Manchester city to win by two goals plus 460 half unit either one of those is bound to hit <laughs> I, th- I thought we talked about not betting on your own team 
Manchester City. They're the rival oh, of my City, favorite team. City, I say. Sorry. Yeah, I'll Man, show last week's betting list. Turn the game off and just finish the podcast. Don't right? fade your own team because that's always some major trouble. <laughs> just can't bet any game your favorite team's playing in or, yeah, playing we've in. Got some con- we've got some uh, hypocritical lessons out there. You know, they, they contradict each other sometimes. All right. You have to pick and apply the lesson. Listen, they go, week, they go week by week. It's a feel thing. <laughs> you got to have a feel. All right, my uh, my pick of the week is the Memphis Grizzlies plus five on the, at home against the Giants wow. on Sunday nice. on Saturday night. You yeah. just love the Grizz, eh? Well, no, I just appreciate that earlier in the podcast I asked for a little more respect for Jaw, and he's listening. I've I mean, I've always should, liked Jaw, and I don't. And I, I still think Zion's that guy. I also dislike the Jazz. I don't know. I still have Zion over Jaw, if you can say. Guys, Zion had a historical. He's had a historical start to his career. Like him. Yeah, that's him. that's sick, man. How many how many playoff games has he played in? Well, he's his team is. His team's than, what? Two, two less than Jaw. Your, your his team. You flip Zion and Jaw. Which teams in the playoffs? The fucking Pelicans are going back to the playoffs with the exact uh, same lineup. No, the Pelicans would be a mess. Yeah. Come on, bro. You want to go lineup for lineup? Who would you rather have, Steven Adams or Jonas Valanciunas? Valanciunas. Valanciunas. <laughs> are you fuck? You guys are just trying to get a rise out of me. No, right no, I'm keep going. No, you it. started this. I'm not falling. I would definitely take Dylan Brooks. Yeah, Dylan Brooks is. Dylan sick. Brooks is sick. Dylan Brooks has his moments, but Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks can go fucking blazing hot, but he also can go like six for twenty-five. No, I'm saying God's struggling. Well, he's gonna need to go blazing like. Six for 12 when we win the Olympics. This Guys, summer. Grayson Allen is a key player on the Grizzlies. All no, right. I'll, I'll agree that the, the Pelicans should have a better supporting cast, but I'm just saying, Josh, like, Josh struggled in the season. Like, Zion had a way better season, but yeah, they made the playoffs. So, mm. no, but I think a lot of things that Josh does, he's an old school point guard, you know, mm. like, you know what guys just don't do anymore? When Jonas makes a big play on the defensive end, you come down. And Jaw gives him the ball. It's like, hey, man, keep it up. Great effort. Do that. He gets the big guys engaged. He works the ball around. He quarterbacks the offense. And he doesn't shoot great from the outside, but he's going to get in the lane. He's got a couple, the, probably the nastiest floater in the game. I'll put it right up there against Steph's, no problem. What about and I like, his, I like his attitude and his work ethic. Zion's a little bit of, wow, poor me, poor me. Brandon Ingram keeps fucking shooting. Poor me, poor me. <laughs> Take matters into your own fucking hands. I don't know about that. That's just, the problem is he's not the point guard. Yeah. He just can't demand the ball. Yeah. And he can't really shoot. Efficiency-wise, like, he's been the greatest start to his career ever. So, we'll see. Yeah, right? that's awesome. And he's lost a lot of games, and he hasn't even played in one that matters. So, <laughs> sweet, man. He's like, sweet. he's like he's like if Shaq and Liz Cambridge had a kid. Yeah, and do you know what Shaq did in his first couple of years? He went to the finals. All right, he took took guys out of the playoffs who were actually great like pantheon nba players zion can't even make the playoffs they let more than half the fucking league in the playoffs guys i mean yeah, but jordan, the rest was loaded jordan, dude, jordan didn't do much in his first couple of years west was loaded he went to the playoffs <laughs> that's true but then yeah then lost. yes it is yes it is all right anyways to my pick tomorrow night well, in the association well, hey, jordan never had to work with stan van gundy so <laughs> i want to see i want to could jordan wear a stan van who knows <laughs> Yeah, come on. Let's not go there. Anyways, back to my pick. Tomorrow night, I like the MVP and the Denver Nuggets plus four in Portland. I know it's game time. I know it's going to be close, but unless the Blazers shoot the fucking lights out, 
I like the Nuggets to take it down and close it out back in Denver the following night. All right. Well, uh, we got a weekend in sports. It's uh, NBA, NHL playoffs, and Champions League finals. So not much more. French Open starting. Some little, some little tennis action. Roger, Novak, and Rafa all on the same side of the bracket. Don't know how that ended up happening, but who do you guys like? <laughs> uh, well, I love Roger. <laughs> Come on, tough to go against the king of clay. Though. Yeah, I was gonna say who's the who's the favorite. Also, are we? Well, we're future. We talked about this last year. We oh, yeah, got we bet got Rafa Nadal to win the French Open because it's happened more times than not. I know, but also, what kind is of it bad that I kind of want to sprinkle the Joker? <laughs> I think we can figure out a Joker's way. Joker's been good to me, but we got to, I think we should just, everybody should just bet Rafa yeah. to win the French. Because if you're going to do it, do it before the tournament. And um, honestly, if we look at the odds, there might be an arbitrage opportunity to bet both Roger and the Joker and just come out on top, except they're going to have to take each other out, which would be Guys, tough. How about, how about Rafa for, to win the French Open right now? Outright, I'm getting minus 120 odds. <laughs> hey, that's a little bit of juice, but I still like it. Yeah, the juice is worth the squeeze. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the odds are in your favor. More times more times than not, he does yeah, do that. That is outrageous to win. That's like, is when, it though? Is it though? I know, like, I know, but when the line of the Army Navy football game opens at like 30 points and we all think, holy fuck, that's so low. And then there's six like six to 12 scored and we all go oh yeah under hit so easy like yeah like when Rafa history repeats itself when Rafa's raising that trophy at Roland Garros two fortnights for a fortnight from now you're going to be questioning yourself and ladies and gentlemen sports are just heating up because yeah. we're going to have the euros at the top of the podcast one of these weeks yeah should be should be great can't wait to can't wait to talk about Portugal here. Well, no, I can't wait till we get a beauty man in some sort of pool for the Euros and he actually tunes in for a few games, like like back in the last World Cup when he was all over Aspana and Russia. <laughs> the right. beauty man rooting for Mother Russia was one of my favorite moments <laughs> of the summer a few <laughs> years ago. Man, we got hit by a car and was just listen. on his back watching Russia a few times. I did it. get hit by a car. That was <laughs> tough, but it was it might have been worth it. The um, <laughs> I got the day off. We watched some soccer, met some nice people <laughs> however i was not betting on russia i was betting on the fix in in the matches yeah, posted was, in russia and it worked out pretty well for me yeah you, your boy status last carriage into the corners <laughs> yeah, but... uh all right well uh we i hope everyone enjoyed that podcast great job by the sleeping guy on the script uh great job by us uh getting here for the pod as always it's always a question mark sometimes you know so uh we'll see you all next week yeah great job by you getting it up tonight happy trails everyone love you guys Thank <laughs> you.